everybody, I'm Ken Pooch Van Druten and that is... This is Chris Raybold. Welcome to my home for the seven billionth time. Here there we he are. Is. There he right. is in a Zoom call. Um, With you. Episode episode 41. I find it... 42. 42. You're right. It is episode 42. 42. Um, I find it fascinating that we've been doing these things and speaking on a regular basis to do these things and haven't seen each other in person for months a year a year almost a year yeah almost a year I th- it's funny you said that I, th- <clears throat> I thought about that very thing today too the fact that you know how everyone now has their own respective like covid bubbles yeah the people they see routinely yeah and i'm like well Pooch is in my bubble, but I have actually haven't been anywhere near him for almost a year now. In a Zoom kind of a way, I'm in. Your a, yeah, you're in my Zoom bubble. Yeah, which is a weird bubble to be in a weird world. Um, yeah, but oh, yeah. I'm so ready to not use this regularly. But that's not happening anytime soon. So let's <laughs> all right, get well, all cozy. You know, hey, hugs, hugs from yeah. across the internet. Um, Absolutely, cool man. Well, uh, episode forty-two. Um, what do you What do you want to talk about today? Let's do a topic brought to us by a, a comment, which was uh, someone asking about top five vocal mics. Oh, right. So um, one of the comments on our last one from episode 41, mm-hmm. uh, where we were talking about when you have um, the worst possible scenarios, what are some ways to um, help yourself? Um, one of the one of our comments in that was um, you you choose the right vocal microphone. So um, we thought it might be fun to uh, go down the path of talking about what our favorite choices are for vocal microphones and maybe why we choose them. Um, I know you're looking at me going, you go first. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> no, actually, you know what I just thought of? I'll, I'll start, I'll, I'll start us off but okay. in a slightly different direction instead sure. of, okay, here's my answer. Um, <laughs> the, 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 again, the way this came about was when your sources aren't great, what do you do? And then, right. you know, you, you mentioned, well, you didn't specifically say because the source is bad just so much as if I need to on a vocal, the first thing I'm going to change is Yeah, the, like is, if I'm is, struggling with a vocal, the first thing my go-to is to figure out that maybe that mm-hmm. vocal microphone is not the greatest choice for that vocalist. Right, and something that just now when you brought it up that I thought about, and in fact, I actually answered. I have a gig next week. You got a gig? <laughs> I got a gig of Good. sorts. You know, it's a, not of sorts. Not of it's sorts. Gig. It's a big gig. It's a gig. Yeah. It's a gig. So um, it's just a little different, and we'll whatever, maybe talk about that talk about it afterwards how about that right so but anyway uh in talking with that camp there was some discussion about microphone and i made a point to that camp not in a kiss-ass kind of way in a very true way in that this certain this performer is so good that i really i don't it's not that i don't care what we put on them it's the it's the reverse of what last week's episode 41 is about when the source is good uh, give me a radio shack mic with a switch and i guarantee you as long as it doesn't distort it'll be fine yeah i mean mean? that is really 
Um, you, you touched on a great point because the the point that I made about deciding that maybe you have the wrong microphone for somebody is often for singers that are not great. <laughs> it, right. That's when you're just kind of going, how do I make this how do situation I fix this? better yeah. at all? Conversely, when you've got a badass, yeah. you're just like, you know, I never knew that I liked the EV, blah, 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 you know, whatever they're singing into suddenly is a good mic. You yeah, know, it, you know, that's a, a really great point. Uh, a couple of times that I've worked for amazing, amazing vocalists, you know, I, I had the opportunity to work for Whitney Houston. She's by far uh, the, the most amazing vocalist that I've ever worked for. Um, but one of those things, same thing, like she could have sung into a radio shack microphone and it'd have been fine. Um, mm -hmm. but then you get like little nuancey about it. You're like, well, you know, maybe that microphone has that little, you know, high endy thing that I need, you know? So you and, still kind of that, that little high endy thing. Yeah. It's just, I thought about my favorite vocalist of all time. Yeah. Or one of the, my favorite two. And she was so good that it did it in time i started nitpicking the microphone yeah, of course you do yeah 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 but but you're absolutely right it is about the source just like everything else an amazing sounding drum kit you could put you know mm -hmm. pzm microphones around it and it would sound fantastic you yeah. know and it'll um, be great yeah so um so what i kind of think what we're talking about is two things two two mm -hmm. great Great that you pointed that out. Two things, nuances of what microphones are, but also choosing the right microphone for obvious vocalists that are either doing horrible mechanical wrong things mm -hmm. um, or um, you're like, you're just struggling to figure out any way to try to, you know, make this vocalist sound good. You know, unfortunately, um, some of us are sprung vocalists, you know, sometimes with background vocalists or whatever, um, especially like in the church community, you're forced upon a singer um, mm. that may or may not be that great and may have all kinds of, um, you know, habits uh, that are just, oh man, like how do I deal with that? So um, mm -hmm. maybe we can talk about that as well. Yeah. An important nuance to bring about now as well is, <clears throat> choosing there is the right microphone there's the microphone that you like tonally right in the best of scenarios meaning kind of like you know it's you may have noticed i've started to move this closer it's very <laughs> ideal it's, yeah. it's where you want it this yeah. is cool you know bad mic technique has always been a thing vocal has been a problem vocal projection has always been a problem a problem of the last 25 years that has now gone from being a problem and an anomaly to the norm is mic technique yes and so like i have mics that i would love to use but but nowadays more times than not the first thing i'm thinking is is how is that person holding the microphone um totally and, and i mentioned i mentioned this in another podcast i did with some some people not too long ago my daughter who i often reference is six years old when she grabs a microphone, including her toy microphones, including the little one I have for her that has like built-in uh, delay that she knows <laughs> yeah, how to mix, sweet. yeah, she because this is what she has seen on TV. It, when the first time I saw her do it, I was like, "Oh, we're so fucked." She holds a microphone like that, yeah, and that's now how people default to holding a microphone. Yeah, so right. that that comes into play big time in this discussion as well. It's so funny that you mentioned that because uh, it. I have anxiety uh, watching a TV show with another vocalist that I have no part 
of. Uh-huh. Like I'm not, I've never worked for them. I don't know who they are, whatever, but someone mm. major, if I'm watching like a CMAs or whatever, I have anxiety about several things like holding the bottom of the microphone. So the transmitter is not working like it's supposed yep. to. I'm like, you are about to cause dropouts, right. like yeah. stop it, move your move hand, hand up just a little uh-huh. bit, you know? Um, it's so weird that I have anxiety about it. You know, I watch vocalists and, you know, I watch them cup. I watch them do the pull away thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's just like, ah, so, you know, we've talked about this before a little bit, but I, I urge you guys, especially younger engineers that are working with brand new artists, you yeah. need to start having conversations with that artist before they're huge. Mm-hmm. About, and, and relish that opportunity too, yes. to where you can talk to them and help shape them, not just for their sake, but for your like, oh my God, what an opportunity. Yeah. Because you know? I, I feel like sometimes we're getting the bad girlfriend, right? Like the girlfriend right. that, that was abused yes. is now <laughs> is now passed on to us, you know? It's yeah. Like, and they're not changing. They're By not the changing. Time they make That's it the, to us. It's not even a discussion. I know. You know? Yeah. So... Um, you know, I urge you guys, you know, early on, if you see a vocalist having, and, and certainly in the church community have the, the gumption to, um, have a conversation with a vocalist that is doing wrong things with a microphone, you know? Yep. Um, so, uh, anyway, having said all that, so let's start with, um, what is your favorite tonally good Mm -hmm. microphone? If you don't even know who the vocalist is, let's say you're showing up at a gig. God. And the truth of the matter is, and I've been quoted saying this a lot, honestly, I don't really know anymore. But having to answer, you having have to, to answer, I have to answer, and I really don't know anymore. It would, <laughs> as far as what would I start with, it might, I'm guessing, I, I've written down a few microphones. I'm either going to go super generic. Shit, I need to give you an answer. I'm just going to start with one. Yep. I, I literally don't have an answer anymore. Okay. I do like the Telefunken M81. Okay. That's funny because that's mine as well. Okay. That's okay. like, if I haven't ever heard a vocalist or whatever, that's kind of my mm-hmm. go-to is mm-hmm. the M81. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say like right up there with it is your common beta 58. Like it's those two. Yes. You know what and I mean? Now that's interesting that you like the, we'll go to the beta next. Okay. Because when we were prepping for this, I was like, ah, I got one that you're going to say, I can't believe you like that thing. I liked, uh, we'll get to the beta. We'll get there <laughs> because it's come back into favor for me. Okay. Um, years, years later. And I'll tell you what. I like the t- pattern of the beta. That's really the only reason. Yeah. I, I uh, yeah, there's something to it now that I, it's what used to bug me about it. Now I kind of like. Yeah, I mean, um, the, you know, the so the beta is the super cardioid, right? Versus a regular fifty-eight, which is just a cardioid. Um, so you have to be careful with the beta that it's not somebody that sings off access. You'll lose them. You'll lose them. So, so that yep. is an important thing to know about a beta fifty-eight is that beta versus a regular fifty-eight. I get, mm-hmm. I get where you're going. I get that a regular fifty-eight is great, and the reason is is the polar pattern, the 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 cardioid mm-hmm. polar pattern is wider. So, you know, a vocalist doing any of this kind of stuff or sharing a microphone with somebody, it is mm-hmm. far superior to the beta. Um, what is yeah. there anything else about it that you like? Well, which one? 
uh, the the regular because you were headed down the road of like I like ba- regular fifty eight over the banner. Well, right? well, the thing is with the fi- nowadays and now where we are, the fifty eight is basically an uncolored microphone. It That's interesting. It is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's now, it is very much, it's not that it's like a boring choice. It's just a very <laughs> safe, it is a boring choice. No, but, but I totally understand what you're saying. It is yeah. like everybody else's microphone has some sort of hype to it. Right. There's no, it doesn't have the hype. If anything, and I'm not going to tell you it sounds warm. It just sounds very, um, I don't know. It's just now it's like almost a classic sound and it's, yeah, it's unhyped. Yep. It's pattern is just tight enough, but not too tight, but it's also not super wide. It's not a Neumann. No, no, it's not huge or something, Yeah. you know? So it's just a very safe run of the mill choice. One thing too, that I love about a 58 is a lot of, some of the mics that we're going to mention here, um, are from they're they're not boutique company in the sense that like only a hundred capsules are made a year. But when you get away from Shure, Sennheiser, AT, we've talked about this on here, you do run into QC problems. You just 100%. I don't care what anyone says. Um, once you get away from the larger manufacturers, I challenge you to always, if you can, if budget allows, get like several of that capsule or of that mic and check them all you'll find discrepancies, even small batches of three or four, you know? Very true. Very true. And, and the other part about it, this equation is always like in our world, in live world, you can't have failures. So it right. is something that is concerning, you know, and an SM58, mm-hmm. you could unplug and use it to hammer in the, the drum mm-hmm. riser and then plug it back in and use it. I mean, it's really that bulletproof. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and you can so, get it anywhere. Yeah. You can, and you can send you can, a runner out yeah. to go grab one in yeah. any, you know, remotely civilized yeah. area. And they're Although be, be careful, the new, there's a new, there's a bunch of Chinese uh, fake versions of 58 uh, out there. I've actually run into a couple like doing one-off gigs, you know. Oh, no way. In the wild. In I've the seen wild. those. I remember yeah. there was that one that they all look like betas. Yeah, and um, I think they they actually there was some litigation or something. It was like they it's, maybe I'm making that up, but I know one of there's a, there's a bunch out there. I'm just saying, you know, know know what a 58 looks like and know what it feels like, and you will tell mm-hmm. right away a counterfeit. You'll be like literally like the, I was doing a one off, and the guy handed me from his mic trunk or whatever handed me the 58, and I grabbed it and went, "You just this, knew this is not." Right. Yeah, the way like something's wrong. something. Yeah. Um, so uh just have an eye out for that. Um yeah. So uh yeah, I you know what? A hundred percent. I totally agree with you, dude. 58, you know, um, and and, and not only a 58, but the the big what do you think? The big three, you know, Audio Technica, Sennheiser. Mm, sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, don't I know mean, that's those are the ones that come to mind as far as maybe there's one more in there. Um, yeah, there's probably something like someone could say we'd be like, oh yeah, but like as far as like major manufacturers, those are the three bigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Is yeah. That right. Are we missing one? We're gonna get. We're gonna get hate mail. They'll let us we? know if, not, if we did. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna get hate mail. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, so the reason sure is who they are is that they make reliable microphones. They've been around for years and years. Their mm-hmm. capsules all sound the same for the most part. Um, you, you, a 58 listening to another, like if you got like what you were talking about, where if you got five new 58 capsules, 
they are almost identical, if not yes. identical. Whereas, you know, we have both experienced some other manufacturers where you get five of them and even one of the other big three, um, you know, you, you, you get a, a five capsules and they have something to them. Um, yeah, which it is a great point. We should bring more. that so up. Was, go, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, I just, I'm, I'm saying that I don't know about you and, and this is actually a question that I want to ask you is mm-hmm. how often um, do you change a capsule out because you feel like the capsule is dying on a, a main vocal mic? How often do you do that on yep. tour? I it's funny. I only change when I when my gut tells me something's up. Okay. I have I have read about and it's a good and I and I don't. Um, I think this is, I, I, it's just not ever a practice I've been into, but I've heard about people who either change, they have a schedule or because of, you know, the, it's Marilyn Manson and something's crazy going on at all times where they have to change all the time. I've just never been in that situation. So for me, it's not until, um, I have a night where I go something different and then it happens again. Right. And then I do it. So that's just, but that's just been my experience and my career's experience that I don't do it until it's, I just have a feeling it's time. No. And, and that's what I do too, really honestly. But I do, I find that about a month and a half of Mm -hmm. even a vocal that hasn't been abused, like not dropped, Mm -hmm. not, you know, any of that kind of thing. I feel like capsules start to lose a rip to them Mm -hmm. um, depending on the vocals. Like for instance, you know, Iron Maiden, who I work for, the guy that, you know, the pipes that come out of that dude are just Mm -hmm. ripping apart an SM58. You know what I mean? He is acoustically loud. Bruce Dickinson Mm -hmm. is like, he's a a loud singer. So after about a month or to a month and a half, I start to feel like the capsule has lost, um, you know, it's sparkly bits and it's, you know, it feels tired like a speaker Mm -hmm. when a speaker gets tired. Um, Mm -hmm. and so about usually about a month to a month and a half in the middle of the tour, I'll have, uh, the monitor engineer uh, Tater come out on stage with the backup and we mm-hmm. compare just to listen to see if there's any sort of of uh, differences in the capsule. And if there is, we, we'll just swap heads. You know what I mean? So like yeah. steal the head off the backup and put it totally. on the main and, and go with that one for another month and a half. And then by the end of the tour, um, you know, if we have whatever, you know, a six month tour, we, we will have four or five capsules that are fully functional capsules, but they, they have a little bit to them that are just, is just yeah. not like a brand new one. Yeah. Um, and they're probably and labeled as such in the work right. box. That's yeah. right. And we got a bunch of them that are hanging out. Sometimes we'll send them back to sure. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what they do with them if they actually remanufacture them or, you know, whatever they do. But we'll send them back to them and say, you know, listen, these are five that we think aren't at, aren't in spec anymore. Yep. Um, so it's something the reason that I bring that up is something to think about, especially like in the church community, because I know you guys buy microphones and then you use that vocal microphone and on a hundred different lost. vocalists for <laughs> four, yeah. 40 years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I right. guarantee you um, that you should be doing some capsule changes. And it stands to reason, too, because it's not what's the 
famous bass players at James Jamerson. Yeah. Jamerson. Yeah. Where, you know, he was like, he never changed his strings yeah, famously. Yeah, yeah. That was the sound. We're not talking about that. We're yeah. doing live sound. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it stands to reason that the thing's going to get tired, yeah. and at which case it does change it out. Yeah. You know, it's just like a, like a drum. And it, we're also not talking about some... uh you know, some snare drum that the head's never been changed. No, we're doing just like, it's just like what, you know, you change heads yeah. at a certain point. So it is, but, it's a good practice to get into. Yeah. But having said that, I'm the same way as you. It's a gut feeling. Like I'm like, mm, mm -hmm. and I'll go two shows where I'm like, uh, I think it's the yep. capsule. Like, yep. you know what I mean? And so, and then, you know, usually he'll bring up the backup and I'll be like, oh yeah, it's the capsule. Let's, you let's know, another that. thing too, that, um, has happened to me before where, <clears throat> okay, so we both use Digico's and it's not only on Digico's now where it, there's an alternate input, but it, it yeah. doesn't have to be an alternate input. It could be a whole other channel. But if you get in the practice of in your line check where it's like, all right, check the main, yeah. main, 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 main. And then, okay, spare, 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 spare. And then like you sit there for a couple of days and you're going, is it, am I tripping or does <laughs> the spare have more high end yes. in it? And then you finally bring it up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you, next thing you know, the spare becomes the main. And, yeah, yeah you know, uh, uh, off you go. I'll tell you one thing that's prohibitive though, with, with changing them out. Like I'm looking at my list of mics, which I promise you guys will get to. Uh, and like, there's two that are kind of neck and neck of my favorite or part of my like boutique favorites. One is $99 for a wireless capsule. One is a thousand dollars. Wow. I've had equal part headaches with both of them but one's so much easier to change out because even on a big tour with all the budget in the world guys don't think that we don't still have to be like hey is it cool if we get can like, we you spend know. another five thousand dollars yeah i mean no right so yeah. like we still have to you know you don't want to be spending a grand every month that's right um so what are those just, two microphones that's interesting I'll, I'll tell you yeah since i don't have any endorsements it's all good um <laughs> one is one is the v7 Yes. which is a $99 microphone. Yes. Which um I want to love. Yeah. And I'm just not I just it's because I've never had it on just a badass vocalist too. Yeah. With, you know what I mean? Um but I know I do like it. But I recently had issues with it which to their credit they immediately addressed wanted to know yeah. the serial numbers. I mean they were they couldn't have been any more all over it than yeah. they were. You know, but it was in a batch of four. That's where I came up with that little story earlier was I was thinking, and it was just, it was right before freaking COVID started. We, we put a new one on, we went a few days and monitor world was like, Man, something's not right. And giving them the credit, you know, it's usually me going, something's not right. Being overly picky. Um, I was like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of okay. We checked them all and literally none of them sounded the same. Wow. Two were, two were related yeah. You know, but then the other two were like derivative works altogether. But so then the other one is the DPA, the de facto, yeah, which is a thousand dollars for a capsule. Yeah. And I've had some really crazy, uh, experiences with that mic failure wise. I've also had a lot of success with it, but we, uh, I remember one time with my buddy Ramon Morales, who I work with all the time. It was, he was on, you know, he does front house and monitors. He was doing monitors and, uh, we had him walk, like you said, with Tater. We had him on stage, walk the mics. We swapped three capsules. They all sounded, they all sounded different. And then when I asked him to cup it, they all, and like, don't move. Like, hey, Ramon, will you stay in that exact same spot? Like, make all variables the same. Each cup 
produced a markedly different feedback. Wow. It wasn't like it fed back at one and then it fed back at 1.25. I wouldn't, I would chalk that up to life. It was like markedly different. So, and that's a weird thing to happen because that particular microphone is designed to have no proximity effect. So cupping shouldn't affect that microphone very much. But it does, it does. And, and it really, it is, I don't want to say resistant, more resistant. Coming back to the 58, the problem where the 58 gets tossed out is it is the sound of a cupped 58 is like the ultimate example of what cupping a mic does to a mic. Yes. You know, um, and some, and that's what, when you talk to these manufacturers, all of them, that's their biggest challenge now, you know, for, for a while there, you know, the Heil was very was was very oh yeah you can cup it you can absolutely cup it yeah. you know and then um all of these mics they all know that cupping is something they have to try to work around but it just becomes a point of physics at a certain point it's like that's where the ports are when you cup it the pattern's gonna change that's right so it's there's only so much you can do yeah you yeah. know but so so you know though to answer there was those two there and so the thing is it's way easier for me to be like throw all four of those v7s out we're starting over, we're out 400 bucks versus yes. shit, these things are $1,000, these DPAs. I have $3,000 of I don't know what to do with. Yeah. You know? I so. mean, that's my complaint with DPA all along is that all of their products are like, holy crap, expensive. I mean, even mm-hmm. that 4099 is really expensive microphone, um, mm-hmm. but they sound amazing. I mean, so you but, can't, right. you can't fault them for charging for something that sounds amazing. I, I, you know, I'm not, yeah, it's a premium product. No it doubt. Is a premium but, product. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I totally get what you're saying Would you know, as you were talking so that the V seven, he's talking about the SE electronics V seven. Yeah. Um, to me, I would describe it a, as a 58 on steroids. Like, yeah. um, I really like that microphone. Like, um, yeah. and it does have, it's like, I get, I get, get that what you're saying. It's a 58 with a little more. Yes. You know, uh, it has something about it. That's like, you know, really cool on the right vocalist. Like if, if a 58 sounds good on a vocalist, try the V seven because it may or may not be good for whatever vocalist that you have. But in my experience, if I was going to choose a 58 for somebody, I'll oftentimes put a V7 in front of them just to see what it sounds like. And sometimes mm-hmm. I've had great success with that microphone. Um, but mm-hmm. I I haven't used it enough to know about the the capsule experience that you had. Um, well, I know, that was the... F- I know yeah. that they... I'm sure that, you know, like you said, as soon as you said something, they've addressed it. So I would imagine that at this point, it's it's probably not a thing, but maybe it is still. I don't know. Well, and, to, and what's, what's funny is that was the second... No, this would have been the third year, the third tour we had used that capsule uh, with this one artist. And before that, I got to be honest with you, I hadn't... I, th- I think I did in the beginning do the, hey, hey... Hey, 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 you know, swap it out thing. Yeah. But that was just in the beginning and they all matched and I didn't do it again for a couple of years. Yep. So this was the only time we just hit a, ba- we just hit a funky batch. A funky, funky batch. Yeah. yeah. Which happens. I mean, so, you know, come on, the, the manufacturers, you know, rely on their, their assembly lines to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Which is not always right. the case. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't that, that, that was the first time that it ever happened to me with the, the, the v7 or at least that we caught yeah. you know 
Um, so I agree with you. You know, uh, another one in my top five is the DPA de facto, and it is a great microphone to choose on a vocalist that does crazy pull away stuff and sideways shit and, you know, all kinds of things. It, it, it mm. often is the microphone that will fix a, a vocalist that has some really bad habits. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and has been my kind of microphone that like, if I'm watching someone do something really stupid to a microphone, I kind of go, well, let's try the DPA <laughs> and see what happens. Um, yep. But on the other, on the flip side of that, I, I don't like a microphone in general that doesn't have proximity effect. Um, I feel like a, most vocalists use proximity effect to their advantage as far as they know that it sounds better as they sing softer to get the microphone closer to them. And it makes the EQ of that microphone have fuller effect because of the proximity effect. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so a vocalist that has good habits takes that into account and utilizes proximity effect to their advantage. Um, and so when you take that away from them and you give them the DPA microphone with no proximity effect, um, I feel like it, it cripples some singers. So, uh, you know, be, be careful of that, of making that choice on a singer that maybe is used to utilizing proximity effect. Does that make sense? It does. In fact, when you said it, it just made me think of like, what a great point that is too, because if they're not getting the win that comes of the, there's, they, that might be their only incentive to ever do that. That's right. Which the win for us is not only the proximity effect, it's the game before the, feedback. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's right. So then, yeah. yeah, at a certain point, they might just be like, well, fuck it. I'll just oh, sing out it. here. I'm going to be Barry Manilow and sing out here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, God, I, you know, whoever makes Barry Manilow, I don't know if you've ever seen any pictures of him, but he no, it's literally, like, it's not in this camera shot. No, for me, it's literally <laughs> like his, like you can't see it, but like he holds the microphone at his belly button. And yeah. sings. Um, brutal. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I got a story. I got, okay. I got one with the, with the DPA. So we, we ended up with it on Bruno because we were kind of going through some, you know, microphone trials and tribulations with him and I'm having the sound company send us stuff and we're doing everything. And we had an opener. It was Dua Lipa. And she, I knew that I just looked and I knew that she was on a DPA. Yeah. So I said to uh, Ramon, I was like, hey, man, let's, will you talk to her? Let's just, I'm sure they've got spares. Can we use one of theirs? Yeah. Um, we used it. All the planets aligned. You know, it was suddenly, it was like, I was thinking it was just going to be, hey, let's just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And just, it wasn't just that it was so overwhelmingly better. It was just like, it worked. Monitors had a good night. The artist was happy. I was happy enough. And we were just like, okay, fine. That's our mic. Yeah. You know? Um, and so we stuck with it for a while and I kind of, on him, I, uh, on and off do I, my feelings change about it, but we had this experience where he would go, it wasn't through him singing that I realized there was problems. There was a gag in the show where they would go off to the side of the stage, not off the stage, but just to the side. And they would all sit down on this riser, him and all the band. And, um, was it closer to you know, front fills and side hangs and the main hang than he is in the middle of the stage. Yes, of course he is. However, 
you know, I'm such a stickler for tuning. We did nothing was changing. We were tuning the PA the exact same. Everything, the shit was in the same place every day. The riggers were great. All of a sudden, he started going off to the side of the stage. And while he'd be talking, I, there was this like low mid wow. feedback, which you know, of all the things, like if you take a mic and push it, the low mid, not the first place. <laughs> That's it's like the come last back. thing that takes off after. Exactly. Exactly. So the first time it happened, I even remember what city we were in. We we're in the States. We we're in Pittsburgh. And I was like, what? And I'm like, okay, chalk it up to live sound. Sure. Chalk it up to a weird and night. Something happened weird. Yeah. Something happened. And then it happened, I want to say two more nights in a row. And I'm like, something's weird. And so upon further investigation, um, what I what we determined was happening was is that right? Did I say that grammatically? Whatever. Yes. What we figured out, what we figured out was he's a cupper. Yeah. He's a cupper and he's a, as yeah. I've mentioned many times, it goes everywhere. He would cup it, the windscreen internally. This was my deduction. Yeah, yeah. And then the company kind of came back because I found out that, you know how it is. If you're a real stickler for listening a critical listening you can almost be like a, the boy that cried wolf because you're listening so hard you're, right. you're claiming things and others are going maybe, maybe. and you're like no yeah. I, but i know no, it i know it, yeah it turned out i found out from two other users legit users they were like yes we had to stop using the microphone and they described it as becoming microphonic interesting it wasn't becoming and i understand why they were saying it what was happening was he was cupping it the sweat would go through the grill Whoa would cover up this the, in, the internal windscreen and in turn was essentially further blocking the ports even when he... Is that making sense? Uh, it totally is, yeah. So, so there's sweat in there already blocking some stuff, but then when he grabs it, now you're double blocking. The, it's double blocking. Yeah. So even when he's not, though, now the pattern has changed that, because totally. this lower part that's supposed to be rejecting sound is now solid. Yeah. So anyway, so what would happen was the mic would essentially become waterlogged. Ugh. And it would change the pattern. So no matter where he held it, it was now the pattern instead of being this. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like an, it became like an omni. Wow. So that became like a yeah, it became like a big thing. And that's again where we got to the time where, you know, we had we changed three different mics and they all were different. And anyway, that's what we chalked it up to. DPA also said they felt that's what was happening. Um, and it was just a live and learn kind of thing. Wow. You know? That's interesting. You know, my yeah. experience with the DPA, uh, is, um, <laughs> this is an interesting story. So, uh, with Justin Bieber, um, we, I had been using another manufacturer's microphone, um, after you left, uh, for a while and they s started adjusting placement of him in some songs and we're putting him further downstage in front of PA stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, you know, uh, the, the show designer was having him walk somewhere where he didn't walk before and it was changing stuff. And I was getting a little frustrated. There was times where it was like, you know, he was barely talking and standing, mm -hmm. you know, right in front of the speaker stack. Um, and so I was like, I, I was looking to try something new. Um, but dude, this is ballsy. I did it on a New York show. Oh God. <laughs> uh, at, at the, that Brooklyn, uh, arena, whatever that arena is. Uh, Barclays. Yeah. Barclays two, two nights mm -hmm. in a row. 
I don't, you know, I look back at this and I go, what was I thinking? Like, uh, yeah. Why would I do that on that show? You know, that's the beauty of confidence and also being in a role. Totally. You're, like, you're like, screw it. Just do it. I got it. I it's know. Fine. Yes. Right. Like, and that's exactly mm -hmm. what it was at the time. I'm like, whatever, let's do it. You know, like, yeah. come on. The exact know? opposite of where we are now. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, like, you know, <laughs> I'm sure the modern engineer, Alex was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> do you really? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Right. You know? Um, yeah. so anyway, um, I, I threw it in on, on a show, you know, like we didn't even have a sound check. Like he doesn't, you know, it's like pair mm -hmm. handed it to him and away he went. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, uh, it was good, but it I had kind of the same experience that you did. Like when he's just talking was the problem with that microphone. Mm -hmm. Um, and when he was in, definitely in front of way in front of the PA and barely speaking and holding the microphone at his chest, uh, because of that microphone is designed to not have any sort of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, the pattern of that microphone is not really, uh, it's wider than most and doesn't have that proximity effect. Um, it just didn't work. Uh, but I tried it for two nights in New York. Um, so if there's any like pictures of that show, you know, you know how like New York is like, that's like a major yeah, show, you know? Absolutely. Um, he's, he's holding a different microphone. Um, we ended up going back to the one that we'd been using and, and use it the entire time and, um, yeah. and to transition that microphone was the M81. Um, I was trying to think what was that microphone? Yeah. Right. And so that yeah. is, um, the, you know, we've talked about the de facto, we've talked about the 58 and the beta, and we've talked about the V7. Now, um, I want to go back to the beta too, though. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll come back to yeah. the beta, but, yeah. um, the, um, uh, the M81 Telefunken M81, um, is generally my boutique go-to. Like, mm -hmm. and I think you said that earlier on too. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I showed up, uh, to take over from you, when you were doing Justin Bieber, you had already made that choice. M81 was there and literally there was no, th there wasn't any thought process for me that was like, no, this is the wrong microphone for him. It, it was, mm -hmm. I'm like, I know the M81, it's a great microphone. Let's use it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is for pop vocal. That, let me uh, redefine my <laughs> yes, my favorites yes. um, for it. a pop vocal and for um, your uh, type of singer that has nuancey singing. Uh, the M eighty one is is the choice. But if I have a screamer or a a rock vocal like the guy I have now, Bruce Dickinson, uh, mm -hmm. the M eighty one would not be the right choice for that, yeah. um, in my opinion. Uh, and so that's why Bruce is on a on a fifty eight. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, that's my experience with the M eighty one. It's it's I would list it as my top boutique microphone. Often it is my first choice. Uh, I've put. I would say 75% of the artists that I've worked with, I have transitioned them to the M81 when I show up. Um, you know, the thing that you have to be careful is it's not only about how a microphone sounds, it's how a microphone looks and feels yep. to the artist. Huge, hugely important. Oftentimes, even more so. Even more so. Like, you mm -hmm. could show up and try to convince them that, hey, you know what? An M81 is going to sound way better on your vocal than whatever, you know, they've been using. Um, but it might not be heavy enough, you know? It doesn't, maybe yep. it doesn't have the heft um, or or whatever it is. It might look weird to them, you know, whatever. You have to keep your 
your um your vocalist uh happy with the look and the feel of it as well mm -hmm. yeah i remember the first time i used a uh <clears throat> going back to the v7 the first time i used a v7 with someone we at first when we got them um, it had the you know they it defaults to the red yes internal and i'm like that uh -uh. that's not gonna work before so before i even gave it to the artist we waited a few more days because i had to wait for the black windscreen interesting for your exact point yeah, because yeah. i'm like i don't want anything working against me i know he's going to be like man this looks dumb you know yeah, right. so, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know on the flip side of that someone might think that the red is cool so i right. you know you never know um, right what you yeah. <laughs> what you're dealing with i have definitely been in situations where i know i have made the right microphone choice for that artist and that mm -hmm. artist decides not to use it for whatever reason they don't like yeah and that's better, the thing you know? man like uh <clears throat> there are so like and that that might be the most common thread of this whole show is all the variables yeah that go into it and it's no different in the studio but it's like it has when you introduce a vocal mic Unless it's someone like, uh, you know, Justin, who maybe is not super particular, yeah. but most time, like that is like, that is a ballsy move yeah. bringing in a new vocal mic <laughs> more so than anything else. And, and so many things are going to come into play, you know, that th they're going to base their opinion on that microphone. Yeah. And it's also going to be the first thing they pick at. Of course. You know, if, well, don't don't think for a to. second that there wasn't, you know, like three backups of the microphone that he was used to using. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? Of it was course. like, it's not oh, like yeah. I just threw that out there and it was like we were just going to sink or swim with it. It was right. like, let's hand it to him. Let's see what yeah. happens. Like, and, right. You know, I, I got this no matter what. Yeah. You know, and yeah, what's funny about it is I don't think he even noticed that we changed the microphone on. And that's what I meant. He yeah. wouldn't, but yeah. the many, 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 many other artists would be of very. Course very keenly aware of course walk different. out and just be like what is this thing you know or hand yeah and let's say they walk out there and they just had a shitty phone call yeah guess what's going down in flames immediately <laughs> your new perfect choice <laughs> your you know new I mean? perfect yeah. sounding this is going to be it, the best sounding microphone for this person yeah, yeah. and maybe you for making that decision yeah. because they just had a shitty phone call yeah, you, you gotta know be, you gotta be ballsy about it um, but, but, you know, keep in mind that the, the discussion, if someone gets pissed at you for making a swap, the discussion is like, listen, dude, I have your best interests in mind. Yep. I'm making this decision purely on sound. That's mm -hmm. it. I'm sorry that you don't like, you know, what it looks like or whatever it is that you don't like about the microphone, but I'm telling you, I've made this decision because I think it's going to sound better on your, your, you know, on your vocal yep. and they can then decide, well, yeah, I don't care. You know, or they can say, well, mm -hmm. all right, maybe I'll try it and see what happens. Yep. Yeah. Or they see you knowing they've got you. Yeah. And they see you not falter and stand by your yeah. confident decision and say, you know what? I respect your decision to not go forward with this. I made it what you just said, you yeah, know, and right. then your loss suddenly becomes your win. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know? Yeah, totally. So, um, but, uh, you know, again, um, I knew that Justin Bieber wouldn't even know that we've swapped the microphone on him, but it had been another artist. It would have been me having a discussion with them before they even came to sure. the gig. Like, Hey, listen, I've been struggling with this microphone and I thought that maybe we should swap it out. And any artist in the world probably would have said, well, not on a New York show. You're not um, right. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, so all of these are the political side of, of all of this stuff, but, um, yeah, yeah. Um, um, 
getting on, going back to the, so go, I, I totally veered us off topic, but what a good veer we just took. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> um, very proud of that left turn. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the M80 and the M81. So when, the, yeah. it, when, when Telefunken USA or whatever the rebirth of Telefunken was, the whole deal was we're remaking these micro, we're, well, the M80 was not a remake, but a lot of things were reissues, but it was like, yeah. we're bringing back this top tier microphone company but we're telling you we're outsourcing the production. That's how we're going to make it affordable. Yes. And, you know, the M80 was the the first one in the the dynamic that came out that everyone fell for. And part of the reason that you saw it go from, you know, it's a vocal mic, uh, ideally, in their minds, to start with. But then it started making its way to snare drums. Yeah, man. You know? That's my yeah, which favorite I know, snare drum microphone. Yeah, I know you love it, and yeah, I and I, I do it. too. Yeah, and and part of the reason that it works so well on a snare drum is it gives you a head start in the high end. Yep, because it had that boost it's got built. The bump. Yeah, it's got the bump, and that's the clarity, and that's the I don't know why I like it better. And it's like well, I do because it's bright, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, but what was happening conversely in vocal world is it was too sibilant, too bright, too even though it was a tight pattern, it was too prone to wispily take off yep. up there so if you look uh, you know this but if you guys if you go on their website you look at the pattern or the excuse me the frequency response of an m80 it's got its little tailored boost they made the m81 that still has all the little peaks and valleys in the boost it's just x number of db lower correct um yeah. and i loved when they did that because i was like cool thank you it, it is the m80 can be too bright for me Times, on on, on vocals. vocals, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So then, the, and then next thing you know, yeah, then that's so to me, and I'll tell you, it's funny, we are revealing all of these, uh, <laughs> as we are wont to do, sort of problems we've had. Yeah. But guys, all of these, first of all, these are great problems to have because yeah. we're blessed with great gigs. Yeah. Um, we're blessed to work with all these products. And these are top-tier products. This is For simply sure. like saying my Ferrari broke down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> shit happens. And we're right. doing live audio. Yeah. Aside from what the singer puts this microphone through, there's some savage loading out at a million miles an hour, even as delicate as they're trying to be and with all their little stations with the towels and the shit that gets dropped, it gets bumped, it gets jogged around in a time. truck. Yep. Right. So we're not ripping on these products. We're just saying this is what happens. <clears throat> um, something I found with the M81, the wireless version. Yep. And, and I'll say this too. I seem to find more problems in capsules than I do in wired models. And I don't, I don't know exactly why that is, hmm. but, um, um, but anyway, something I found with the M81 that I never knew again, when we were in the, uh, Bruno microphone Olympics, in fact, I think this was a, another round of the Olympics we did with him where we were going through microphones. I want to say like some of the promo we did in 2016 and 2017 was actually on an M81, but what we found was if you have to gain that mic up, so the opposite of what you said, if it's Bruce Dickinson, don't even try it. Yeah, Just right. don't go near it. That That's mic's not... Totally true. Not the right microphone. No, and I so believe you in that statement. Well, with Bruno, for a number of reasons, we had to really gain it up high, and it becomes like a baby rattle. 
and you cannot get away from so all the handling noise right yeah the all c- the handling noise yeah. first of all of the capsule itself shake like you can sit there and do this yeah and it's just like and you talk to them and um they will they they even said to me yeah we know they acknowledge it, it. it's yeah. now now again this is like a very few people when I tell you this mic's gained height, I don't mean it's kind of hot. It's stupid. No, hot. this is like so, three o'clock on a fucking. Yes, <laughs> yeah. right, exactly. And they know yeah. that, it, and there was something about the shock mount design, and it was like as it related to how it fits on a sure stick, that there was something they hadn't been able to get around. Got so it. they knew. But then we also found that not only just it shaking. Like he would, if he would have rings on or something and it'd be right. like, kink, 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 kink. Yep. right. And he's the only person where I've ever had to, I couldn't, he, he actually really dug that microphone a ton. He, it was, in fact, that's the most positive response I've ever seen out of him with a microphone, but I couldn't do you it. Can't, it's not usable. Yeah. Because the usable. And the next time that it came into my orbit was when I started working with Alicia Keys and, you know, she can belt it out gains in a normal spot i never heard a bit of it and most people yeah. that i mentioned that to that handling noise they're like what you know well that i think that's that would probably be true of any microphone that you have to gain that hot to get to work the handling noise becomes an issue the it, you know. it's the the yeah the the finer points because yeah. you know all the other mics we, with him we equally had to gain as hot they just didn't have yeah. that same so that was like that's the knock on the yeah now at the same time the m80 the telephone when i swapped those out they almost always for a boutique company their qc seems to be pretty good on consistency i haven't noticed any sort of you know differences in in stuff that came new um yeah so yeah i like that company a lot i like the people that work too. there um you know that's part of this too is as you gain a relationship if you're working even if you're working in a smaller market like the church market or whatever start a relationship with some of these manufacturers and get to know people because those people will uh, are the people that will listen to you when you say, Hey man, this thing is, I don't know what's happening here. You know, can you mm-hmm. help me to figure out an issue? Um, and man, I've had, you know, tons of friends from different manufacturers for years. Um, you know, um, Gary boss from audio technica and we had, you know, Roxanne, um, we've known her, I've known her for 30 years. And so, um, you know, and we've had a relationship and, and the best kind of relationship with manufacturers are the ones that don't push shit on you. They just say, Hey, we're here. If you want to, if you need, you know, need some help, let us know. Um, and totally. uh, so anyway, um, It, it, it almost becomes a bummer when you, it's like, it's, a. If there's a downside of having relationships, is you really like those people, yeah. And when their when their product when their product doesn't, doesn't make it, you're, you're like, like sorry, oh, yeah, I, I know. know. Or even I don't know about you, but I'm just going to be honest. When I start getting to the point where I have to change a product, yeah. aside from the dynamics and the politics of the gig itself, and the artist and the other engineer and everyone involved, I'm also thinking about oh, when such and such catches wind that I change, yeah. they're going to want to know what you know. And it's just like... I usually head that off at the pass. I'll give them a call and let them know smart. right away. Like, hey, listen, this is what went down. You know the politics, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and they're usually pretty good about that. They understand. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it, the honestly, the, the thing is, is that in all of this and in all of the politics, I have the artist's best interests at hand, right? So Mm -hmm. I am navigating through the politics with 
trying to make the right decisions. And if I'm forced to not use my number one choice, then I have to use the second one. But both of those are are choices. Like you said, I'm choosing a, uh, a Porsche over a, a Ferrari. <laughs> so, right. you know, uh, I'm I'm blessed. But um, so uh, as we're kind of running out of time here, we got like 10 more minutes. Um, what are some of the uh, other ones on the lower lower part of your list or other ones that you go to? What are what's one of the well, other? I was saying I wanted to get back to the beta. And what I wanted to say was when, when the betas came out, which I guess was the early 90s or the mid 90s or sometime in there. Yeah. Which for me, that's when I'm like coming about. And I'm like, oh, this is the new mic. I automatically love it. I just didn't know any better, you <laughs> right. know. But I, but I did quickly know, even with a, a novice ear, that it was brighter than and yes. tighter than the 58s in the workbox. And I was like, cool, that's my mic. Then as time went on, I grew tired of the HF. I don't, an HF boost is one thing. A HF narrow peak is annoying to me, you Got know? It. And so, I grew tired of some of the hypeness of the beta 58. Uh, and in time it just grew old. So it I kind understand. of went off my, went off my radar. It came back onto my radar as a backing what the backing vocalists were using on this one gig. And it was one that I mentioned last week where I came in and I couldn't change anything. And I was like, Holy shit. All five of those people. It's not just, they were amazing vocalists. The microphone sounded good. Right. And so anyway, the beta is one that I've kind of come back around to. I've never had the balls to put it on a lead vocalist. Is Bruce a SM or a beta? It's a beta. See, there you go. Um, I haven't had the balls to make it, I've, I, but I've, it's in my mind to try it again as my, as my main mic. Yeah. So um, that's certainly not a lower tier mic. It's just now for what was the whiz bang new thing. Now it's a dated you know, I totally understand. You Let know me, what I'm saying. I'll, I'll throw at you why I like the beta, and it, and it is because I work for legacy artists, and mm -hmm. and the deal with legacy artists, and especially bands like Iron Maiden, huge loud stages with loud wedges. I mm -hmm. need the microphone that has the most rejection in the back, mm -hmm. um, and. If that stage wasn't super, super loud, I probably would be using a regular 58. But the mm -hmm. beta rejects so nicely on this huge loud stage. I got using used to using them with all of these legacy artists that have huge loud wedges, loud side fill, because it is its pattern is so super tight. I mean, it is like it's a lightsaber of sound, you know, it's like yeah. you pointed at something and it's, you know. Um yep. and uh so that would that you know, to justify why I use the beta, it's not even necessarily that I think it sounds better. Although I do like the little HF bump in it. I like I do it too. Um, but, but that's the reasoning. That's why I choose the beta 58 is definitely on, if you've got loud wedges, um, mm. it'll, it'll survive better than a regular 58. Yeah. Uh, you know, back in the, the, the AT, when they were doing like the, they still do, you know, the 4100s, the 6100s, 6100, speaking of a laser, a lightsaber of sound, yeah, yeah. that was one of those. Lincoln Park, I, I used the 5100, um, and it was, it was a good capsule. I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, I went through a period with one band when, you know, Audix came out and everything was just like this tight, yeah. narrow. We used those for a while. Um, God, there's, there's some, I don't, what are you laughing at? I'm just laughing because it's like, you know, I don't want to slag any manufacturer, but there are manufacturers that I just don't like 
their microphones all that and much. that's fine it, yeah yeah, yeah. And, no, and oh, oh i know, get it <laughs> we don't have to go there but i was i'm just laughing because there's you know there's some that i'm not bringing up here because i'm like mm. and there are people listen you know i'm sure we're gonna get comments people are gonna say oh i use the heil whatever you know or i use this or I use, you mm-hmm. know um and i just you know i'm just speaking in experience of my experience in that there are just some microphones that i'm just not a fan of um on, on yeah. any vocalist like i've tried on any tried you know i've been, right. like i've literally tried um and so if you got if you can make it work out there more power to you way to go you know um, the you just mentioned because you know heil which there's some sure there's still a lot of people who are using heil and it was they definitely had their moment too yeah. in the past decade i found the the i actually did have success early on with their wired PR35. Oh, like okay. wildly so. And the way I de- found it was I was doing a side project with the band. I was doing front of house and monitors or something, or the monitor guy wasn't there. And I was at a rehearsal space in Colorado or something. And I was having to put everybody on wedges. And I had all these mics and I had a day to fuck around. And I found out it worked on wedges. And then I found out these things that worked for me at front of house. In time, I would then run into QC problems. And I never once got the wireless version of it to do anything for me. Right. You know, which was really weird because there was a period of time there for a little while where I was like, this is it. I found it. I found the microphone. Yeah. I found it. And then after a while, I was like, no, no, I didn't. And then. um, I liken some of those manufacturers, Heil and Audix, I'm speaking only about vocal microphones. I I like some of their other products on other stuff for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, But, uh, you know, some of those manufacturers, I liken them to um, PAs that have hype and you fire them up and you go, holy crap, that's great. And then after about five minutes, you're like, Mm. yeah and you start picking it apart and you start going oh man i don't like that about that and i don't like, eh. it's but the initial reaction is like whoa you know yep um and i've had that with you know pr35 and, and other microphones um but then like after time i'm going mm, it just there's something about it just doesn't work um yeah. you know but anyway not to slag manufacturers i don't like i said um it, it, I am not the guy. Like, if you look at my stage, uh, every instrument almost has a different manufacturer's microphone on it. I'm not the guy mm-hmm. that's like, you know, ev- everything on stage has to be, you know, sure or Telefunken yep. or whatever. I, I believe it's the right choices for the right thing. Um, and so there are uh, multiple manufacturers, and in, in both Heil and Audix make great uh, alternative instrument microphones. Yeah. Um, so uh how's that for backpedaling <laughs> yeah no i hear you this whole this is this is like the pa episode like we're gonna it catch is i know and, catch, and i know we're gonna hear some shit but right it is what but it whatever is. um, um what so, about what about you i know you've got a kind of off the beaten path discovery microphone wise that's a great story and that you know yeah i think i've said it before i'll, I'll give you the 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 smaller version of it but um uh, the Sennheiser 865, it's an older capsule. Uh, they don't make it anymore, um, but it's um, 
it's it's a really interesting capsule. So the the short story is this: um, working for Lincoln Park, uh, we had we're blessed with the opportunity to have long term rehearsals, um, and sometimes we would rehearse for like a month before we went on a tour. Um, and I would be in a room with near field monitors, and there working for that band was just a pleasure because. Um, the interaction with them was was wonderful. Um, you know, Mike Shinoda, who produced most of their records, uh, would come in and we'd have long discussions about how he wanted it to sound, and we'd listen, and it was just was you know the ultimate fun working environment, right? Like the mm-hmm. it, this is this is what you want feedback from an artist and you and them respecting you enough for you to stand up to them and say, well, I think it should be this. And they respect you. You know, that's, there's nothing better than that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what it was. Um, and um, out of the blue, uh, a month before we were about to start rehearsals for a, a major long tour hour or a year and a half tour, um, Mike Shinoda calls me up and he goes, Hey, uh, I think we should change our vocal microphones. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You do. (laughs) Uh, And we had been using, you know, the audio Technica for a long time in it. And it's, it sounded great on, on both of them, Chester and, and Mike. Um, Mm -hmm. But he was like, he's like, and not only do I want to change the microphone, I think I want to, this is how he worded it. I think I want to change the microphone, but what I want to do is have a microphone shootout. And I was like, Oh, that's badass. Let's that's do that. That's the most pro yeah. comment you'll ever get from 100%. an artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, or engine or engineer. For him to think of that, like I don't think I would have thought of that. Like if he had just come to me and said, I want to change the vocal microphone, I would have said, oh, okay, what do you want to change it to? You know? Mm-hmm. Instead of like I should have been like, well, let's have a vocal shootout. You know, he yeah. thought of that. And so that's badass. So we did. It was badass. So um so we we numbered up microphones. Uh, we got all kinds of capsules. We covered up all the manufacturer names on stuff. Um, obviously, like Tater and I knew you could look at it and know you what could manu- look at it and what know. manufacturer it is, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And so we would um, uh, on the daily change out capsules. Um, if we got to a capsule that immediately all of us were like, "No, this is wrong," we would change it out. But Mm-hmm. But we would actually give manufacturer capsules, uh, you know, a, l- a long period of try, you know, a couple of days, two or three days while they rehearsed for eight hours a day, you know. Um, and and then we would we would record them and then we would all come and listen to them in a near field kind of a way. Um, now, the only part of this, the only rule that Mike Shinoda gave us was that he didn't want Chester and him to be on different microphones. He Which wanted is also pro as shit. Those to, two microphones yep. to be exactly the same, mm-hmm. which is like super hard because Chester is a completely different singer, was a completely different singer than Mike was. You know, mm-hmm. Chester cups, Chester screams into it. Uh, Mike has moments where he's singing very softly and cups. Um, so, you know, basically we're looking for the ultimate microphone, the one that can handle being cupped, sing softly, be screamed into, be, you know, dropped, be, you know, we were, we were like looking for the ultimate microphone. Um, and the, the short version of this is that we discovered right away that some of the biggest manufacturers failed, uh, when it came to specific things like cupping 
uh, a lot of manufacturers failed like right away. Like it might've sounded the most ultimate greatest sounding microphone. Um, but as soon as you cupped it, it failed. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of manufacturers can't handle high SPL. Uh, you get somebody that's into the microphone and screaming his ass off. And I tell you what came out of Chester's mouth was unbelievable decibel level. Um, it failed. And so that microphone's gone. That microphone's gone. Oh, can't use that. Can't use that. Long story short, we landed on this Sennheiser 865. Um, They don't make it anymore, which is a drag. If you're looking for that ultimate all-around microphone, it might be hard to find. But if you are struggling with someone that does all of those things, um, we we discovered after a long journey, you know, three weeks, um, that that particular capsule was the one that survived um, all of Mm -hmm. it. But what was interesting the most to me about this whole story was um, I, I won't tell you who they are, but right off the top, they were like, Nope, that's wow. I've been using that capsule for years on vocalists and never paid attention to that little anomaly that happens with that capsule. Uh-huh. Um, so it was a real, real learning experience. And, and uh, um, it was that might be my favorite all around story you have. Yeah, me too. And, and, and- and and I'll and I'll tell you what. Let's let this one go a few minutes later. Yeah, sure. We, why some, not? Sometimes we struggle to hit an hour. Let's bask <laughs> in the fact that we actually yeah. are doing it. Because I have, I I just thought of. In fact, I'm looking for one now or several. I just thought of a really off the beaten path mic that I need for something specific. But the reason I like this story of yours so much, and of course you told this to me years ago, is because it fl- just like those people were were like what huh about whatever microphones they had experience with. That's the story about the 865. It flies in the face of how that microphone was both marketed and known as at the time. For sure. So, guys, if you don't remember, if you do remember, let's go down memory lane. <laughs> Sennheiser reintroduced that Evolution series. Yes. And there was like three or four dynamics. Yes. The E, you know, 845, 855, whatever. I think it's 835, which they kind of comically referred to as their female vocal mic. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and then there was the 865. Yeah. And the 865, their artist that they would t- reference it was Sting. And yes. it was the cardioid. Yeah. I mean, excuse me. It was the condenser. Con- condenser version, yeah. So you're, autom- so you're prone to think, first of all, Sting is not, is Lincoln not Park. Lincoln Park. He's not Iron Man. <laughs> right. He's not a cupper. If yeah. anything, you're thinking, okay, reasonable, yeah. refined audio. Yeah. So the perception is that that's what the 865 was. And I actually p- bought one myself when they came out just on a whim to try it. Yeah. And I remember, you know, and I used it and it was fine. And that's always the way that I thought of that mic, that it was their condensory nicer of that line and then you came along and hit me to that story and it just goes to the show the power of and that's why it's so cool that he recommended it yeah the the ab the blind yeah. shootout yeah yeah for sure now remember the 865 was not the best sounding microphone on chester and the best sounding microphone on mike it was mm-hmm. the one that survived all the rules like, right it's the one that survived all of the damage <laughs> yeah and so it it was the damage control microphone that then was like w- was also the one that sounded the best in all of those situations but it mm-hmm. definitely was not the greatest sounding microphone on mike's voice or on chester's voice in general right. 
Um, so there, you know, those are th things that you have to take into equation as well. Well, let me throw out this one super oddball, Mike, and it is was is was not the hardest thing in the world uh, vocal wise, aside from just bad technique and everything, is a drum vocal. Yeah, is a lead drum vocal it for. It's just immediately your vocal sound, your drum sound is phased out, <laughs> out goes backwards. Yep. Whatever you have, whatever your snare sound is, forget it because now it's the sound of off axis cack <laughs> coming through yes. that mic. You know, it just, it ruins everything. Yes, it does. We, we often talk about your, our vocalist that gets too near the drums. What about when they are the drummer? Yes. You know, so there was a period of time where, um, this is when I was working with Widespread Panic, and the drummer literally sang, I don't know, three songs ever, four. Like, he didn't sing much at all. But that was kind of like a, like for you, where, you know, Linkin Park gave you so much opportunity to be creative and to experiment, and yeah. they valued it. That's kind of Panic gave that to me, too. Um, and uh, anyway, I was always looking for a new vocal mic, and I did speaking of the Odixes and the all of these like super tight hyper card flavor of the month things i tried them all it didn't make a bit of difference it was still just cack city coming through the coming through the side of that mic oh, that's horrible so what i found and at this point in time this is the mid 2000s and i think it was already discontinued at that point but crown made a microphone yes called the cm310a yes and I think you know it. Yeah. And I maybe I've mentioned it on here, but I really want to tell this story because it's very similar to yours. Let me start off by saying it's not going to win any Sonic shootouts at all. And before I kind of give the story on it, let me just tell what's different about it is they called its pattern a differoid pattern. Yes. And instead of traditional, and if I'm butchering this, Actually, someone don't tell me because I've been running with this story for 15 years now. <laughs> don't instead tell me I'm traditional, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> instead of traditional microphone ported technology like we're talking about, that's where the cancellation occurs. That's why cupping, one of the many reasons it fucks it up, fucks the whole thing up, um, is it used the same principle. If you watch old Zeppelin videos or, or I don't know if it was Zeppelin, but definitely like Sabbath, definitely Grateful Dead where you see, the, you see two microphones. Double microphone, yeah. Taped together. One of them, the, the, the way that they made it work was one of those mics is flipped out of phase. And that's where, and they're, they're brought up together at equal levels. Um, and so therefore, any sound that is truly common to both, which is going to be an off-axis sound, is going to cancel. When you get on it, you are inherently going to favor one. Yep. You know, and, that's, and that one wins. That's how it works. Does it make a perfectly phase coherent sound it really doesn't it, it doesn't but like, it's how it, they it, got around all but the, it's yeah. how they got around it and i can tell you that that crown mic again they called it a differoid pattern yeah. not cardioid they called it differoid it was the difference between the two is where they got it yeah. there i have never found anything that worked so well on a drum vocal yeah. in my life and so when i was there with that band for a while that I would have to get new ones. And I was constantly looking at like what full compass had in their old stock or eBay at the time. And I can tell you now there's the threat of a drum vocal in my imminent future. And I've been scouring the internet reverb oh, and eBay and everything. I yeah. can't, I can't. And I used to own them and I've lost them. Oh. 
Like they, they got somewhere between tours and gigs and I didn't have a drum vocal. I haven't had a drum vocal in years that would other than just like the occasional swivel around and say something. So that's another mic that was it the best sounding? No. Did it beat the others by a million, a million miles? miles yeah. Did it work? And when it was used on like traditional lead vocalist was actually during the grunge days. Like right. all of the Seattle bands used it because it was the mic you could use for loud stuff. But in the end, it just sounded so weird. They, they people didn't really stick with it. That's so. awesome. That's a great. Anyway, story. I'm glad. I'm glad I thought of that too. No, that's, that's great. Uh, I think that yeah. um, one little thing before we kind of get off here, um, I think we should talk about headset microphones because God, uh, I know because the 311 I think is based on that is yes, the same thing. It is. Yeah. And and I will tell you, having used it on many different artists, it is the only headset mm. microphone that's worth a shit. I yep. mean, like literally. For that reason. I've tried. Yeah, for that reason. I've tried mm -hmm. every other. Let me tell you. I've tried every other headset microphone for singers. You know, when we yep. talk about a pastor or whatever, that's a that's a different thing. Yep. Um, you know, the DPA one, I think, uh, is the one that I've had most success for speech. But for mm -hmm. singing, um, that crown is the only one. I've used it with Ted Nugent. Um, we used it with Justin Bieber. Um who else have we used it with? Uh, there's been a couple of other artists that have had headset, and literally that is the only microphone that works, in my opinion. Have you used anything else that's that's worked for headsets, or is that it? one? And I'll tell you what it is. And I'll tell you what the problem with the Crown CM311 yeah. is, has been, and is going to be, and why it will die eventually is it it is looks ridiculous, that's particularly right. in this day and age. That's right. You know, it's it a looks huge like this capsule thing. right in front of their. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It, it's synonymous with the cheesy, horrible look. Yeah. Yeah. Garth Brooks, Janet Jackson. Yes. No young artist. If I know like with, with Justin, he too tired of the, we swapped it then, out in the middle of the tour. He wouldn't use it anymore because of right. how the, it looked because yeah. of the look. The only other one I, and I have very, I, I had an, a guitar player one time who would just big, uh, Soldano heads with uh, Mesa Boogie stacks right yeah. behind him, and he's saying super quiet. And he actually asked me, "What about a headset mic?" And I was like, "Don't ever ask me that again." <laughs> <laughs> like, you know? And um, so I've only I have limited experience with them, but I can tell you with Lady Gaga, who I have mucho experience with, I inherited this, but it was they used the Shure Beta Fifty Four. Huh. which I'm not sure if it's even made anymore. I don't think so. I don't think so either. And uh, that was another gig that Ramon and I did together. And he used to have to, before we even get to the sound of it, it was just so all over the place. It <laughs> was <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it was taped up. Like you had to yeah. rig it so heavily. You had to do that with the CM311 uh, too. Same thing. Right. All, all of them yeah. do it. But this one was super janky. And it's one of those where I'll tell you I had success with it. But really what I had success with is she's a phenomenal vocalist. Exactly. Like, who sings like you started with on this whole episode about talking how you could put a Radio Shack microphone in front of her. Yep. And she who sings loud. Yeah. And therefore, truth be told, she sounded like an aerobics instructor because there is a capsule right here at all times. She's dancing her ass off. Yes. She's not singing to try. Right. Like, you know, it's like. So that's the only one I've had. Whatever. I think it's the DPA one is like super in vogue now, but I don't like it because no, it I comes to like here. Exactly. It doesn't. Like I, 
that's why they like it because you don't see it, but that's not where I need it. No, I know. <laughs> and and know? especially when, when you're talking about us in, you know, super large mm -hmm. volume situations, um, you know, I mean, for theater and for that kind of stuff, it works fine. Um, but when you're talking about having an artist that's, you know, right in front of a stack of speakers. Yeah. You know, doesn't work. Yeah. I'm trying to think, is there, is there anything else like, you know, we, I mean, that's another story. I think I've told you with the Justin Bieber thing, like literally you, yeah. he called up one day and just said, I don't want to use that microphone anymore. Let's use other ones. And we said, sure. No problem. Come down to sound check and we'll try some new ones. No, didn't come no. to sound check. <laughs> no. So, so literally we, me and Alex built, um, 12 presets mm -hmm. that whatever microphone he would choose on the table we would then recall Boom. during a show. So literally, he walked up. The sh the intro's rolling. He walked up to a table clear of 12 microphones. Clear calm goes off. <laughs> and walked up to a table of 12 microphones, pointed at one. Alex uh -huh. put it on him, ran to the intercom and said, it's the 510. Uh-huh. Call up the preset. Yeah. Then he would go and have a, a wardrobe change and choose so another boring. one. And Alex would God. call me up on, you know, it's the four, six, two. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and we played that game for three shows and it was just like, uh, and finally, um, guess what? He chose the one that sounded the worst because of how it looked. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Doesn't Sennheiser, I know Sennheiser made one. I mean, they all, make, they all them. make them. They and all make just, them, but I the problem is this, and it, and it, it is just a factor of reality that if for singing, if you can't get the capsule in front of their yeah, vocal, it. it's it's not good. So it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those things suck. I'm sorry. If you have a headset mic on your gig, I'm sorry. I'm sorry too. <laughs> you know. Well, I, you know, and I say that, but I mentioned with with Gaga, where I have a phenomenal vocalist and the thing is pegged right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. The I'm sorry is all the breathing and yeah. the over proximity and. It, then I mentioned what a problem I have when people do this. So I'm kind of saying both things, but <laughs> sonically it sucks. Yeah. Having a headset is not the best case scenario. Um, you know, it works. Um, but those are, those are the tools that you need. Um, cool. Well, I think we've come to the end of this discussion. Is there any other so boutique weird ones that you want to talk about? Not that's coming to mind. Yeah, I'm, gra I'm glad the 310 made it in there. Yeah, um, for sure. But no, not that's coming to mind. Something will the second we stop. Of course. But, um, I, th I think that's a good place. Yeah. To, no, to I stop. think it's a good place to stop. Um, yeah. And uh, so, you know, to sum up, this is uh, an important thing that you guys should all, if you ever get an opportunity, is to try, you know, if you're in a situation where the vocalist is allowing you to try different microphones, like get to know those microphones at the very least, try them on your own voice so that you have them in your toolkit and know like, Oh, this vocalist, I think this microphone would work. The only way that you're going to know that is if you've spent time with that microphone. So, um, you know, get, get some of those microphones if you can and, and, um, and learn what they sound like. Know your shit. Know your shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Thanks for tuning in, guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, more fun things to come. We are, uh, you know, Chris and I, 2021, we're ramping up. We're going to bring you some new and exciting things. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you on the next one. See you, everybody.